This is TLDR Podcast, where we talk sports, MLB, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, and nobody understands Westworld, and more. Top 10 alcoholic beverages. With your hosts, Alex. Yeah, boy. Eric. Yo. James. The San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league. Traded. Right. Oh, sit down, bud. And Tyler. Oh, damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you. What kind of cockamamie bullshit is Adam Silver thinking? <laughs> they're playing super hot right now, and they're... It's they're not finishing. Good. It's the middle of the season. Oh, I understand that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of TLDR Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. My name is James. I'm going to be your host today. Uh, We're joined tonight with Trayden, Tyler, and Alex. Our other co-host, Eric, is not here today because he is either in Idaho or Indiana or Iowa. I don't know. Another state that starts with an I, no clue, but he's not here tonight. He did send us an interview, though, so you'll hear that. It's a 20-minute with two of his friends talking about the Angels. It'd be a good one. So you get to hear Eric's voice. Um, but we're going to start off with trading today and see what trading's how his weekend has been. It was, it was weird, right? You're somewhere else. Not yeah. Yeah. I was up in Monterey for, <clears throat> for an uh, engagement, our, our engagement party with our families, which was, which was great. Um, beautiful weather up there, much cooler than down here um, in scorching hot weather and the Olympics are on and the Olympics have been fun to watch. Um, also the NHL off season has been quite crazy. Um, with a bit of, with a bit of scandal, you know, kind of uh, mixed in there. So, uh, we'll talk about that on my, in my segment. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't even know that there was a scandal in the, in the NHL, oh, but that's yeah. cool. Uh, I remember, I don't know, three weeks ago before the NHL season was over, Alex was like, yo, this off season isn't going to be that dramatic for the NHL. But Boy. damn, <laughs> complete Boy. opposite happened. <laughs> Boy, It's been just crazy. It's been amazing to watch tyler you're not in california you are in oh, new york <laughs> nice try north carolina and james for some reason this is geography is pretty <laughs> shit but that's okay yeah um and i'm out here in north carolina working uh usa baseball camp it's been super fun um having a blast hanging out with former big leaguers and um seeing the future stars of this game it's pr- these kids these they're about you know 17 years old going into their uh, last year of high school insanely talented it's it's so much fun to watch and to get to know those guys and um yeah so i'll be i'll be back next weekend but for now i'm in i'm enjoying the week here what's your favorite part been so far um honestly probably just like talking baseball with former with former former uh big league guys um got to meet guys like uh nick punto brad penny um michael could um alex probably knows those names better than Oh, you guys but uh no yeah idea. it's it's just it's super cool to just talk to guys that i grew up watching and play and just just having a conversation about baseball or, or honestly just being a fly on the wall um for them talking about baseball it's it's super super cool um as a as a baseball fan just getting to just getting to talk to those guys um it's it's, it's just awesome that's awesome man it's really nice to hear that you're getting to do something that you love so it's yeah. cool and last but not least, Alex, his brewery opened up recently. It's been a lot of work, but has it been worth it? Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, my fun was I also uh, said I would pour 
beer slash make cocktails at a wedding this last weekend. Uh, so trade in for your upcoming wedding and my upcoming wedding. Um, if you're asking your bartender to make cocktails, make sure they actually have the ingredients to make said cocktails. So to put it in perspective, I was asked to make an old fashioned, which is easy. I can definitely do that. What I got was a bottle of Canadian whiskey and whole oranges. And that's it. That's all I had. Oh, uh, oh. So for those who don't know it's an old fashioned, there are more ingredients than just whiskey and oranges. Yeah. Uh, so the- no, I, this is what, this is what I was told. Hey, want to come pour beer at this wedding? I was like, sure. Fuck it. Why not? I'll take the money. And then like a week ahead of time, they're like, oh, by the way, you're making cocktails. I was like, okay. And then they're like, oh, you need to bring all the kegerator, all the ice, all this other shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And I showed up and I just drank a bunch of the beer and then I poured some beer and then uh, that was it. And I was like, fuck this. I'm leaving. (laughs) This is terrible. Uh, But opening the actual brewery, giant success. Um, We're closed this week, but we'll be open again next week. um, And it will be, we're full on, full on doing it. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. Good shit. I nice. love that. We can have to make a trip up there, Trayden. I know that Tyler's been up there, but we got to make that trip. For sure. Um, before we take a quick break, I just want to do a quick shout out to Trayden's fiance, Kylie, for getting a new job. So congratulations, Kylie, on that job. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. But when we return, NBA season is over. So Alex is going to take us through the best sounds of sports. Welcome back, everybody. Like I had mentioned before, NBA season is done, and Alex is left without a major topic, so he's going to go through sounds. And what is your favorite sound of sports? We're going to tell you what ours are, but I hope you can come back and tell us what yours are. Alex, go for it. Thank you. So, uh, first of all, first off, just like Traden did two weeks ago, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks, and congratulations to Alex for being the only one on this podcast to correctly pick them to win. I'm a genius. Congratulations, um, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I don't know if they're going to send me a ring or what, but I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming they probably will. You definitely should. Um, yeah, so Milwaukee did end up winning in six. And then, uh, awkwardly enough, Devin Booker, uh, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton had to then take a private jet altogether to Tokyo to then play on the U.S. men's basketball team. Literally right after, the, like pretty much right after the game was over. That's got to be an awkward flight, uh, especially if you're Devin Booker, who didn't win. <laughs> and the other two guys did win. Uh, but the U.S. basketball team is garbage. They are not playing well right now. Um, so we're not going to talk about it. But we'll kind of keep you updated, at least on that, on my end, um, since I am the basketball guy. But it's a little, a little embarrassing when we should be winning gold in basketball every single time. But. Um, but to be fair, to be fair, like France is is pretty stacked. Like France has some really great basketball players, and like the fact that Rudy Gobert can actually play defense because it's not soft NBA rules makes it a whole lot different. Like these European guys are on next level toughness compared to NBA guys. Because NBA, I'm glad you bring that up because um, Kylie's dad had said that the game's different in the Olympics, and maybe you guys could shed some. Yeah. Uh, the three-point line is a different length. I think it's – I believe it's a little bit closer. Um, and then the way the referees call 
the fouls is way different um, in the like they they let them play more. There's not not the NBA. Oh my God, I poked a guy. Nope, oh, that's a foul. Like it, they let them play a little bit more. Um, the overall game is just a little bit. Di- it's a. Uh, it feels more of like a team game than one superstar taking over. Because they're um, all superstars. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, especially on like a team like the United States, but um, definitely within the last, I mean, fifteen years to twenty years, like the rest of the world really has caught up to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, you'd see like Spain or something in the gold medal match or game or whatever, and they had like the Gasol brothers, and that was kind of it. But now, like James just said, that France team has legitimate NBA stars on it. And like Luca Doncic just dropped 48 on Argentina like the other, like two nights ago or whatever. So uh, I think it'll be, it'll be a better, a better show for the rest of the world to watch instead of like, Okay, cool. The U.S. is just going to show up. They won't scratch, and they'll beat you by forty. Like, at least they'll be entertaining games. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. But anyway, yeah. So, um, the t- we're we're going to do the top three sounds each personally. Um, credit where credit is due. I stole this idea from the Big Swing podcast, uh, Rough Stripling's podcast, which actually just they are done with it. So I figured, screw it, we can steal it. <laughs> um, but we're all going to go around. Um, in descending order so three two one we're each gonna each gonna give our third each gonna give our second first uh so james start with you number three your best sound in sports i'm a big basketball guy it was the first sport i ever watched so i think one of the biggest things for me is having the ball go through the net perfectly no rim whatsoever it's just splash and that's that's an amazing sound like in person that just rings in your ears because you know you know it's good like there's no other way you could defend that ball to make that any harder on the dude like if that ball is going that perfectly you had no chance of defending it and you as a shooter you're like yeah i made that so that's my number three sound okay i like that one i think it helps that at least on tv they've added the microphone into the into the basket so you can really hear it now oh yeah uh which is a total game changer trade in your number three my number three um and again, this this goes to your point where they're putting mics closer to the the action or the impact, I'll say. And um, I'm gonna throw in golf. Um, a a and I'm not gonna say a driver because the driver does have an amazing sound too, too. But a just an, a pure iron shot that thwack you hear when a pure iron shot is made. You both you can feel it when you're playing. You can hear it when you're watching. And it's, it's, it's incredible, um, especially when you're watching the, the pros because they do it almost every shot. So <laughs> it, it, it's pretty amazing to see how it's supposed to be done and how that, it sounds. Yeah, from not the biggest golf guy, that is a good sound. Like you can really tell when someone really gets a hold of one. It is a really nice, crisp, crisp sound. Tyler, your number three. Uh, my number three, no surprise here, is the pop of the glove in baseball. Uh, you know, especially when you – catch that ball right right in the uh, in the netting of your glove I actually have my glove right here um but i mean that sound right there baseball hits it um especially when you got you know a bunch of guys all all, do, all doing their thing warming up and you hear that pop every second um it's just such, it's such a great sound i love it that is that is a great one that was uh a consideration of mine but i was pretty sure you were going to use it so yeah yeah. I'm going to go some, uh, I'm going to go some other things. Uh, my number three is I've been watching a lot of formula one mm. and that drive to survive show. 
Um, so oh, yeah. just the sound that it like at the start line when all 20 cars, hopefully, you know, assuming they haven't crashed the qualifying, <laughs> all get going. And then just the insanity that is the announcers trying to name all the drivers as they're going off the grid is nuts. And it's a great sound. Um, the the sound the sounds that the engines makes have changed a little bit since they've added electric engines to Formula One cars, but they still sound pretty fucking great. So that's my number three. Uh, moving on, James, numero dos. Okay, so I have golf as well, but I'm not doing the same one as Trayton. Um, this sound isn't necessarily sexy by any means, because you know, like when you hit that club perfectly, like Trayton was saying, it has a little crisp sound. So the sound I'm going with is more of a thunk. And it's when you hit it and you pitch it perfectly onto the green. And it has oh. that perfect like up and then comes right down to the green, makes that divot kind of sound. And it's just, thunk. and it's not sexy at all, but it's one of those things that you need to have happened. If you don't do that well, you're kind of fucking yourself up. Like your, your putt's going to be pretty terrible if that don't happen. But if you get that to go, it's a good, it's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. I've been playing a lot of Mario Golf, so I get that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get it for sure. Yeah, I get it. Trade in. Yeah, you're number two. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to steer away from golf, even though a ball going in a hole is is probably the number one <laughs> in golf. Um, I'm going to say um, when skates – I'm sorry, skates are on the ice. Anytime the skates are on the ice, it's just – amazing especially when you have a, an, a really good skater and you just know that they're they're digging in their edges and and really getting getting in deep you can just absolutely hear it and actually um you can transcend it to skiing or snowboarding that has the same kind of uh you know crunch of the of the ice or the snow and you know I, those sounds are just incredible to me yeah those uh those are really good ones uh on the snowboarding side really depends on condition of the snow uh, if it's straight ice, the sound is terrible. It could be a if bit bad. <laughs> really, if it's really good snow, it does sound really nice. But and you know, with ice hockey, unless the ice is shit, it sounds pretty good. Uh, Tyler, your number two. Yeah, I was actually gonna go skates on the ice for my number two, uh, but trading took it, so I'll go with one of my ones that I wasn't on the list originally, um, which I wanted to add, which is just the roar of the crowd. Um, I know it's kind of a generic one, but especially ones where it's like a um it's uh it's where the crowd's kind of silent and it's intense and then all of a sudden it rises um for like for for, for hockey for example when you know a, a team scores a goal especially when it's like that kind of anticipation um when 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 there's a breakaway or something and it's like slowly anticipating and then it finally happens and then just that burst of energy that the crowd gets or you know it, um if a running back finds a hole you know, it's just they, 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 they find the hole and then he comes out and the crowd just immediately, you know, comes up. And that for me, it's just that crescendo of noise and, and energy that the crowd creates in sports is, is, is insane. Beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we can all appreciate that sound much more now than we ever have yeah. before with watching, a, you know, a year's plus of quiet or fake noise uh, getting pumped into stadium. So. Uh, I can definitely agree with that one. I'm going to go, it's mine is somewhat similar, but I'm going to go with the call of like a really great call by an announcer, literally in any sport, a really good call by an announcer can elevate whatever play just happened tenfold. I mean, thinking of like Vince Scully's call with um, Kurt Gibson's home run, um, any of any ones that just like you, you can 
listen to or you can watch that video on mute and you know exactly that sound that the announcer is giving goosebumps love that um that's my number two james number one uh, this is my favorite one obviously because my number one but my favorite sound of all time is when like this jarring pad to pad hit of the linebackers absolutely decapitating a wide receiver running a crossing route right in the middle of the field. The wide receiver has no idea he's there, catches the ball, then absolutely gets pummeled and is down on the ground for two minutes because he can't catch his breath because he just got destroyed. And it's just that sound coupled with everybody else and the fans that Ty was talking about too with the ooh, ah, like the whole – the whole atmosphere will change when a big hit like that happens. Momentum shifts, everything shifts. If you make something like that happen, you're doing something right. Yeah, that's good. Except if the wide receiver's just dead, if he's just a dead person on the field, <laughs> which has <laughs> never happened to my knowledge. So. Yeah, well, no, it probably hasn't. Uh, okay, trade in your number one. Well, I can't steal Tyler's number one because I know it is number one. And yeah, you know, Alex, I'm pretty sure you guys would be very similar. So I'm not going to steal it. I promise. Right. Um, I'm going to say the goal horn. I mean, just the goal horn. I mean, I mean, especially if there, if there's a, you know, a little post and in type of action that that really gets it, but any goal horn, just, you know, that's it. Unless it's a goal horn for the other team that that's the worst. sound. <laughs> so th- that's why it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough one, but you know, if it's your team, you're loving it. <laughs> so if it's the goal horn for the Calgary flames. Or the Toronto Maple Leafs, right. a little less exciting. Yeah, with the with than, the music and the fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Then to like the Edmonton Oilers or somebody. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Tyler. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we probably all know what your number one is. So just go for it. Crack of the bat, baby. Yeah. Especially <laughs> especially on the sweet spot of the bat, though. You know, because sometimes you'll get the the the, the bats where you know they'll, they'll break the batter if it's a weak fly ball or a, a weak grounder, but. When dude gets all of a, all, all all of a baseball, it sounds different. And if you're around baseball enough, you know immediately that guy got all of that ball, and he, and you, and you just enjoy the flight of the baseball. You're like, how far is that gonna go? Um, that sound never gets old. And honestly, like, it's really refreshing coming to this uh, camp here where they use wood bats. Because I've been kind of you know in college baseball they use metal bats. Um, it's just, it's one of the, like the most insane difference of sounds, you know, cause oh, the, the, the sound of a wood hitting a ball versus sound of the metal hitting a ball is like a, a, a complete 180. Um, so it's, it's super refreshing to just, you know, during batting practice, hear, hear that crack instead of that ting, no one, no one wants a tingy bat. You want, you want a crack bat. So, um, definitely the sound of a sweet spot, no doubt about it. Home run crack off the bat, sweetest sound in sports. Yeah, I also knew you were going to say that one, so I avoided it in my. Oh, you guys know me day. too well. Yeah, <laughs> it's not uh, that hard to figure out. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty, that <laughs> yeah. was pretty easy. <laughs> um, so, what I'm going to go with for my number one in an honor of the Olympics is you win gold medal, you get to stand up on top of that podium and you get to hear your national anthem. Preferably the United States national anthem, uh, since we are all from the United States. But for any athlete out there, yeah. The the joy of winning, I mean, because the Olympics, so hard to win, so much time and effort go into it, and in honor of them going on, or, you know, like before, or before the a big game, or before whatever, you know, you're standing out on the field, you hear the national anthem, great feeling, uh, so that's my number one. Uh, James did give us a little little text during this and said the uh, Bubazela from the uh, 
soccer world cup like 12 years ago or whatever <laughs> that was uh Tyler things, and I man. did have have one of those in our dorm in college and we got in trouble all the time for yeah. blowing it out the window at people walking by nice that's hilarious way to go yeah guys. we got yeah we got in trouble a lot good time I think it got taken away from what I recall, but uh, I think I think we lost it. I think someone like took it and just literally just snapped it in half yeah. or something, and and then we tried to fix it and it that was, was the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't it didn't go well. No. Um, but those were all those were all great ones. Um, you know, sounds you know make sports just that much better. So thank you guys for doing this. It was a quickie for me, which is is kind of great. But uh, James, I'm all done, bud. I mean, yeah, nobody can compare, but I quickie, I guess. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. So thank you, Alex, for that. Um, like I said, if you have any favorite sounds that we did not mention and you want us to talk about or delve deeper into that, send us an email, send us a DM, send us something. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, but when we return, Tyler's going to go through his MLB O-Dams. Welcome back, everybody. Tyler likes baseball. As you can tell, he's at a baseball camp right now, and his number one sound of all time is a baseball bat. So to nobody's surprise, he's going to talk about baseball. His old dams right now. Tyler, saw you. Oh, damn. More baseball for you guys. Um, baseball also, by the way, is back in the Olympics uh, since the, we're talking Olympics. This, um, this podcast a little bit. Uh, USA Baseball will kick off their first game on Friday against Israel, so something to keep an eye out on. Um, it's exciting to have them back. Uh, first time we've had baseball Olympics since 2008, I believe. Um, so it'll it'll be fun to watch them play. No pros, uh, right? No pros. No MLB players. I mean, there's pro, there's minor leaguers, which are technically pros. So, but no like major. But no, league. but no current major league baseball players. No. So they're all they're all minor league players or kind of former MLB players that you know, I guess are kind of retiring or in the process of that. So. Um, should be interesting though. Um, question for you, Frost. Yeah. Uh, did your mean Mercedes retire? Cause I saw something that he retired. Uh, he's, I, I don't know the full story in him. I know he's going through a rough time. Um, he obviously got to a really, really hot start in the season and I guess inflated his ego a little bit and then went through some struggles and, um, I guess just did not see eye to eye with some of the coaching staff and he's been having some, some issues. Um, I don't really know the full story. Um, I know that he's been kind of chewed out a little bit, a little bit. Um, so but I don't believe he's retired. I hope not. Okay. I hope I, I definitely hope he bounces back and, you know, he's still super young. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll make a bounce back, but I, I, I have heard things are a little bit in rough waters there in Chicago for him as of late, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, so moving on to, we got, we got three O dams here. Um, number one is we have a new team or a team changed their name to a different team. The Cleveland Indians, which we mentioned months ago, we're going to change their name. They didn't take any of our, um, options, um, that, that we chose for them. Unfortunately, yes. instead they have changed their name officially to the Cleveland guardians. Um, pretty interesting <laughs> name. Um, definitely. If you guys haven't seen the logo, it's got a little bit of kind of their older kind of font to it, but just with the G instead of the C and all that stuff. Um, a little bit like Thor Ragnarok kind of looking, um, wings on the side. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting, kind of okay. Same exact color. So the, uh, blue and red, 
Um, so Alex, kind of your thoughts on the name, the logo, all of it. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, also, uh, the U.S. women's softball team is in the gold medal game tomorrow uh, against Japan. So just throwing that out there. Uh, for the Guardians, I don't hate the name. I think it's fine. It, it doesn't like – it's not the most exciting name in the world. Uh, it's definitely better than some of the ones we came up with, definitely. Um, I, don't, I don't like the logo, though. The logo reminds me of – like a backyard baseball logo, mm -hmm. like backyard baseball, just three or like somebody dicking around on Microsoft paint while they're <laughs> supposed to be paying attention <laughs> in class. Like it, it just looks a little like childish, I guess is the, is a good way to put it. I'm not a huge fan of the logo, uh, but I like the name. It kind of, it kind of flows Cleveland guardians. It flows. It will be, you know, weird to, call them that for a while until we all get used to it but uh if on our ranking systems for the jerseys you know if i gave the logo it'd be like a one out of ten not great Ooh. but the name i'll give like a seven and a half i don't mind it but it's nothing it's not it's not great it's definitely not as great as like the seattle crack and you know a, a new a new name also to compare i think that's way better logo's better but Team's better. It doesn't it. help. Yeah, it's better. I mean, it's better than the Indians because that's a terrible name and it should have been changed long, long ago. But the, they they could have done a better job on the logo for sure. Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't I don't hate the name. You know, at first I was you know taken back by the Guardians. I was like that was I felt kind of random. Um, I don't really understand. And maybe there's more to it than to the city of Cleveland, the Guardians. You know, some sometimes there is no meaning towards it. Sometimes they just want to pick a cool name. That's fine. Um, but I just didn't really think it was kind of anything meaningful in terms of, you know, Cleveland and all that stuff, but guardians is kind of cool. I don't, you know, I don't think there's any major professional sport named the guardians. So, um, that's unique in, in, in that sense, but yeah, the logo is not great. Um, there's some, some of, some of them kind of look okay to me. Um, I think they got, a, like I said, a little bit of the old school Cleveland Indians font kind of in that which I kind of dig. Um, but there are, I agree, Alex, there are some of those logos that, especially that one with the G with the, like, it's like at a 45 degree angle. It's like a weird, you know, like you like said, yeah. yeah, it looks very, like you said, very basic and very kind of childish or how, how, however you want to describe it. So interesting. It'll be cool to see, you know, the whole uniform put together next year. So they'll official. So this is the last year of the Cleveland, Cleveland Indians uh, in 2022. They'll be officially the Cleveland guardians. Um, Moving on to my second, oh, damn. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels, we all know, are not very good at pitching, but uh, they're making, they're addressing that weakness in a very obvious way. Uh, every year, you know, there's 20 picks in the MLB draft. The Angels used every single one of them on a pitcher. Um, so that, that, by the way, is an all-time record. Um, no MLB team has ever selected that many pitchers in a single draft ever. Um, the Angels have been selecting a lot of pitchers in drafts lately. Um, I believe they selected 18 in 2019 and 16 in 2018. So they've been using a lot of picks on pitchers. However, this is the first time that they've used their first two picks on pitchers. So from previous rounds, they've used their first two drafts, rounds one and two on position players. This is the first time they finally used their first round and second round pick on a pitcher. Um, this year's first round pick for the Angels was Sam Bachman out of uh, University of Miami of Ohio or Ohio, Miami, one of those two. That's a weird one. Um, <laughs> ninth overall pick. So uh, he could be a star for them in the future. We'll see what happens. 
Um, of course, prospects are prospects and draft picks are draft picks. Sometimes first round picks never, never see the, 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 the big league. Sometimes you'll find a guy that's in the 15th round that, you know, ends up being a really good guy for you. So out of the 20, James, you, you, you know, um, as Angels fans, I want to give you an over under three of them make an impact on the big league team. Three. Before I agree with that or disagree with what you said, I want to go through some statistics here. So going through the first 10 rounds of the draft, in the first round, you have a 66% chance of making it to the big leagues. In the second round, you have a 49%. In rounds three through five, 32%. And in rounds six through 10, you have a 20% chance of making it. And this is taking into account all players, not just pitchers. But we all know that major league teams carry a ton more pitchers on their rosters than a positional player. So they'll have 12 to 13 pitchers on a roster, right? And injuries happen to pitchers often. You get blisters, you get some soreness, you get some inflammation, you tear UCL. Stuff happens where you have to bring up more pitchers and they can be effective from your farm system. So there's right now, there's way more opportunity for a pitcher to make it to the big leagues than a positional player would. Um, and on top of that, all these pitchers are kind of coming in with roles that they think they're going to be. But over time, the farm system will change them into what they, the Angels need them to be. So if they're coming in as a starting pitcher now, they might be a relief pitcher or closer in two years. Who knows? It just depends on how that skill set pans out. Um, that being said, because of all the statistics I just mentioned, you said a three would make it, and I'm going over. I'm going way over. I'm going to say eight. I think eight of these players will be on a major league roster at some point in their career and have pitched at least 10 innings, at least. I don't know what your definition of make an impact is, but that's them being on a major league roster and actually throwing a pitch. I think eight of them will do that. Um, these last couple of years, the Angels picks have been pretty decent. Uh, in 2020, their first round pick was Reed Detmers. Um, he's, he only needed 56 innings in double A to move on to triple A. That's all. He, in one year of pitching, he went from double A to triple A. And then his, his initial outing in triple A, he threw six shutout innings. This dude's kind of on fire. And on top of that, you had mentioned Sam Bachman, the number one pick, their number one pick this year out of Miami. The guy has a strikeout mentality. He had 93 strikeouts to 17 walks. That was his ratio in his last year of college. The, those two guys alone are pretty crazy. Um, so the way I see it is that pitchers are, unless you're an ace per se, are really, really good. They're often replaceable. And with that comes the farm system. That's why I think eight will make it impact in the big leagues. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree on that number um, just because there's a lot of things that can happen between getting drafted and making the big leagues. And I guess what I meant by an impact is I meant, you know, a guy that's going to come up through the minor league system, eventually make the big leagues and be a, a pivotal part of that roster to the team's success. Like I want, I want oh, to see. So you want them to stay on the, on the team for years. I mean, I want them to be a part of it. Well, the, whether, even if it's a year, even if they are, are a pitcher for the angels for a year, they make the postseason, they, they go on a good run. And that guy's a pivotal part of that success. That's what I mean by, by impact. Like not, not, not just, he gets called up for, for, for one spot start in July and then never sees the light of day for the major leagues ever again. That's not what I mean. I mean, like actual, like this dude's a solid guy in the rotation or he's a solid guy in the bullpen for at least a successful year or the angels. That's kind of what I meant. So I, I, no. I know that was kind of a vague, you know, my yeah, you suck at answering, asking questions. So I'm going to say six. Okay. <laughs> That's still, I think high, but um, for me, I'm going to say under three 
Um, I think if you get two out of this draft class that make an impact, that'll, that'll be a win. I think Sam Bachman, I hope, you know, is eventually one of your guys' aces. And then hopefully somewhere down there, you get another guy that's either, you know, a, you know, a, a back end rotation guy or possibly, you know, a, a, a good, a good uh, bullpen arm. But like I said, like there's just so much that can happen between getting drafted and making the big leagues. You can get traded, you can get hurt. Um, your development isn't what the scouts thought it would be. Um, there's just so much that, that can go wrong. Um, but there's also a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of potential there. I mean, you, you're, I, I think it's smart by the angels to go big because, you know, by, by, by sheer numbers alone, as, as James, you, you, you mentioned those percentages, some, some of those guys, especially in the last, you know, three or four years of how many pitchers that they've selected, you know, there's going to be some guys that are going to make some impacts on, on the angels roster. And I think it's really a good mentality to build from the bottom up, you know, to have those guys coming through your system. I think that's huge. Um, so hopefully it works out for them and hopefully they got uh, good coaches down there in the minor leagues, you know, building these guys up. And uh, in a couple more years, you're going to see a lot of good young stud arms coming out for the, for the angel system. But I'm personally on that specific question over under, I'm going to go under. Um, but I think even getting two out of a draft class, like two good impact starters or, or pitchers, I think that's a pretty good uh, number right there. Um, so moving on to my third, Oh damn moment. Um, this one was a little bit one of a personal one I wanted to talk about. Um, I just thought it was an interesting topic. I've had a conversation with a lot of people about this one. Um, so Dodger fans um, on Wednesday and Thursday, uh, we blew, or Kenley Jansen blew the save in both of those games against the Giants. I happened to be at the Wednesday night game. Um, and after Kenley Jansen got taken out of the ninth inning, um, was greeted to a shower of booze by, by, by Dodger fans for his performance. Um, of course, the next inning happened again. Um, so for me personally, is, I, I guess I'll get to my opinion first, but Trey, I just want to know, you know, obviously, you know, fans and emotions and are part of sport, you know, but when you're, you know, you, you, you're at the game, your team or a specific player did not perform very well. Do you think it's ever justified to boo your own player? Well, do I think it's ever justified? Absolutely. And I'll explain. Um, but I, I want to end this by talking about the Kenley Jansen specifically in incident. But to answer your question very vaguely, um, yes, it's absolutely, um, it, it's absolutely justified under certain circumstances, especially, you know, you're a paying, you're a paying, you know, person or client customer of the, of, of your team. And the only time that I find it that it would be okay to boo your team or a player on your own team is if they are making a clear, like a, a clear uh, ex exemplary of, you know, them dogging it or them putting no effort to, to compete um, that night. Now that I know that that can be kind of, you know, subjective, but generally you can expect your team to, to try and win. I mean, athletes want to win and, you know, I, you know, I, I would throw Kenley Jansen in that category that he just had a bad game. I mean, there, there are players that have bad games all the time and to, to boo them every time they have a bad game, I think would be a little bit, actually is extremely preposterous, but if you, it's clear, especially you can see it a lot more in hockey than you can in baseball. Baseball is a little bit tough to really see that in my opinion. I'm maybe I'm watched enough, um, but you can clearly see it in hockey. If, if there's a player that just simply is just dogging it, 
you know, it, 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 that that's a clear indictment as you of a as a as a customer, and you have an issue, and I have an issue with that. You have every right to boo that player, especially if, or, you know, if the if the player, um, you know, has been requesting a trade and he's not playing up to up to where he should be. That I mean, that that's justified, right? Dodgers fans, fuck you. Okay, <laughs> Kenley Jansen has been a warrior for you guys for eleven fucking seasons. 334 now saves after he just snapped his skid of, um, uh, last night. I think it was last night. An average of 34 every single year. The guy wears the Dodgers colors pride and with, with so much pride and is a warrior every time he plays for, for your team. And he had two fuck up two fucked up saves in a row i get that that's frustrating as a fan i'm not gonna i'm not gonna down i'm not gonna downplay that but did we forget that he hadn't given up a hit since may 28th oh yeah you guys just forgot about that okay that's fine let's also go back to the fact that you guys just won the fucking world series are you fucking kidding me fuck you seriously now james i think that we have a lot more a lot more leg to stand on booing our pitchers because none of them can come fucking compete in this league and there's a reason that we're less than 500. Well, I don't know what we're at right now because I don't really we're give at 500. We're at 500. But we're sorry ass team that actually has a little bit of a leg to stand on in terms of booing our our players that don't complete. The Dodgers are a perennial contender for the for the World Series every single year and Kenley Jansen is part of that every fucking year. Every year. So I think it was absolutely fucking insane. And he, and and especially for a player like that who has who has who has done so much for this organization and you know fuck you guys not you two i know you guys probably weren't in that but fuck the whole fan base for anybody who booed that guy because he is a warrior and i would pray that that angels fans would never do that if he ended up you know in our bullpen because i i'd pray that he would be because he's a hell of a lot better than any than half the bullpen that we have now done well you legit took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to go off just about you did, but you you did it already for me. So I appreciate that. Um, I agree 100% with everything you said. Um, I think it's ridiculous. Dodger fans tend to be, uh, I don't know what the word is, sensitive maybe when it comes to- I would to, say pretty fucking stupid most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, when when I was at the game on, 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 um, on Wednesday night, when Kenley Jansen was walked, when he was walking out of the bullpen- there was a dude behind me already moaning and groaning that he was going to blow it before he even threw a fucking pitch. And this is a problem. This isn't just this one night. This is every single game I go to. It is just constant pessimism all the time, which as train, you mentioned, we just won the world series. So if there's any time to be optimistic right now, it's right now. And especially if you also consider the fact of how many injuries the Dodgers have had all season, yes. still two games back of first place with the second best record in baseball is fucking insane. So have some perspective on some things. And yeah, I don't know. And also I agree with you. If I don't think you should boo any player really, unless as you mentioned trading, the only time you can is if they're not getting effort. There's no way in hell that Kenley Jansen was not getting effort in both of those um, um, blown saves. You just had a bad game. That's going to happen, right? And if you don't get that, maybe you're just too far removed from playing sports or being around sports to understand that as an athlete or athletes in general, teams are going to have highs and lows. It's going to happen. Like you can't just all of a sudden boo a guy, as you mentioned, who is the best, who is the greatest closer in Dodger history. Like if that is just so disrespectful to me that you would boo someone like that, especially of that stature, 
it's crazy. Like, I don't, I was ashamed to be a Dodger fan that night. I'm every, every time I think about it, I'm just ashamed of, of that. Like it's bullshit. And it just, and it hasn't just happened to Kenley Jansen. I've, I've seen it with playing Kershaw. I've seen it with a lot of other just Dodgers that should never, ever be booed ever. Like it's crazy to me that that happens, but. I'd also like to point out that, the, that he's actually playing his best baseball of the last four years. Yeah. He's improved yeah. his ERA. And he has a career ERA of 2.43 for a guy that just completely is a warrior. Every single game, every, every, uh, I mean, not every single game because there's 182 games like fucking a dude. I just, I don't understand where some of those Dodger fans get off. Like, why do you, are you expecting him to, I mean, I know we had Eric Gagne, right? I don't know if you, if James and Chaney, you guys know who that is, but he, he was a close to the Dodgers years ago, like early 2000s that for he had like he sit, he, had, he had like a streak of 84 consecutive straight uh, games saved, um, which is a record and is like a crazy stat. So he was, he was basically perfect for like two seasons. He never he never blew a save. Um, so maybe that's our expectation now. But that's just a ridiculous expectation because that's not going to happen. That, that that season that or those two seasons, those, those two seasons he had that were really great. He's on the Hall of Fame. You know why? Because he didn't have careers like um, um, Trevor Hoffman or or Mariano Rivera, who are Hall of Famers, because they did it for over twenty seasons and have six hundred saves career wise. I think Giannis maybe has, I don't even know what his career save is. It's probably under two hundred, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he just had two really good seasons. So anyway, but it, it is Kenley Jansen is a far better closer in his career than Eric Gagne ever was. Um, so. I don't know, man. Also, to point out that second one, he, the umps blew a call. The game yeah. should have been over. They missed it, and then Kenley got screwed. Like the Dodgers won the game, the umps missed the call, which happens. Like yeah. it is what it is. But like you cannot, you cannot boo a guy who gets screwed over because human error. You you know they miss it, and then things unfold on him when he struck the dude out in the game. They should have won, but. Uh, just to get my two cents on this as a Dodgers fan I tell my brother this almost every single time we go to a game every single time there's someone around me that might be the dumbest person I've ever met like it never fails like Dodgers fans are legitimately some of the worst in all sports there's a ton of them which just means they're all super dumb like none of them know what they're talking about they just go to games because they go but they're very dumb and like should not be booing Kenley. He's having an amazing season. Should have been an all-star. Got snubbed. Yeah, trade tonight. As a Dodgers fan, I agree 100% with what you just said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And the, you know, last thing I'll say on it is, like, you know, I'm not going to tell you to boo or not boo. I'm not going to tell you, you know, not to be fresh or not to be angry. But, I mean, if you were in that dugout, you know, and I, I, I think if, if, if you're at the game at your home, in my opinion, you're part of the team in, in that moment the energy you give the team and you give the players that's makes it, that has an effect on the players psyche that has an f- effect on the outcome of the game. Sometimes a very small percentage, but it still does. Right. So if you, if you consider yourself part of the team and you're booing your own teammate, if, if, if you were in that dugout and you booed your own teammate, like how is that ac- ac- acceptable at all? You know what I mean? That's just something to keep, to just have in, in, in mind next time you decide you want to boo your own player. Just think about, you know, He's your teammate out there if, if, if you're, if you're at the game. So anyway, Dodgers fans be better. Um, that's all I got for, for baseball this week. Um, 
yeah, uh, we're kind of we're full into the second half of the season. Um, there's some good division races in the AL West and the NL, or sorry, the AL East and the NL West. Uh, the the AL wild card is going to be a, a, a dogfight. The Seattle Mariners are making a push for the playoffs, which will be super interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, so a lot of a lot of baseball left. But uh, James, that, that that's all I got for this week. That ended pretty passionately, which is good. We love passion. Good job, guys. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, but on our return, we're going to talk scandal, not the TV show scandal, which is actually really good. You guys should watch it. What no sports scandals? With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earn them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's dimer like diner with an M as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com. Welcome back, everybody. This is going to be our last live portion of this podcast because the last one will be an interview that Erica's banked like a week ago was going to add it in. But Trey's going to talk about scandals. It's going to be interesting. Trey, tell you, man. Yes, let's go. So, you know, now that we're, I'm trying to find different things to talk about, and, and I thought maybe we could talk about some scandals um, in, in, that have happened in sports because there's many of them. Um, you know, I, I there's I mean, I'm not going to bring up any of the ones that the guys are going to talk about yet. But, you know, I look at I look at scandals that happened in, you know, the the early 90s but in figure skating of all places where, uh, you know, a, a competing figure skater allegedly had uh, allegedly was part of um you know her her ex-husband who hired someone to go attack her teammate which was her teammate but also her biggest competitor uh T- tanya harding um and nancy kerrigan scandal i could you know i could talk about that for a long time but um i won't because we have other ones to talk about um but i it also piqued my interest because on friday the nhl had a little bit of a scandal um the montreal Canadiens um had quite the scandal uh pick at 31 uh, they picked a player who asked not to be picked. And the reason he, he asked to not be picked, Logan Mayu, to be, uh, to be exact who this gentleman is. And unlike the NBA and MLB, if, if a player asks to not be picked and, and rescinds himself from the draft, he still can be picked. Um, it's, up to the, it's up to the teams to – there's no rule to say that they can't pick them. So uh, because there was, there's no formal rule, the Montreal Canadiens said, fuck it. And I realized once again why I fucking hate the Montreal Canadiens ever since I was a kid. And I can't believe that I actually felt a little bit for something for them in the, uh, in the finals because I feel like a piece of shit for that. 
I gave up all my past, uh, all my past grievances and they brought it all back. So thanks a lot, Montreal. Logan Mayu back in 2020 um, admitted to circulating a photo of a woman doing a sex act without her consent. And it, and it really got, really got ugly that they, uh, the Logan Mayu and his, and his, I guess, family or whatever started to accuse. So the, the, to keep it short, um, the, the victim in question brought forth, you know, the, 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 the issue and Logan Mayu and his family allegedly said, you know, allegedly um, told her that she was just trying to, you know, ruin his career, what have you. And it was pretty, it was pretty blatant that, that he did what he did. And, and it sounds like he was working on his way to, you know, drum up an apology and get and, and, and do the things he needed to do. And he formally went to the, to the, you know, to the NHL and said, Hey, please do not pick me. I am not mature enough to, um, to, you know, be, to bear a, you know, a NHL Jersey, please let, please let me deal. Basically, please let me deal with my, the things I need to deal with. I'm not, I'm not ready to join an NHL team at this, at this point. And instead, the Montreal Canadiens at pick 31, so on national TV, after an amazing week in the NHL, picks Logan Mayu at 31. Proudly, I might add, Mark Bergevin said, proudly select Logan Mayu, even after all that, that happened. And it just shows that they don't give a fuck. And some scandals just... And this is just, a, I know it's not a huge scandal, so to speak. It's, um, but it is something that I'm interested in. And I, I'm sickened to this day, uh, even though it happened like three days ago, I'm still sickened that it happened. And it's very unfortunate for the NHL after having such a great week. Um, so I thought maybe we should talk about scandals in the, in the, um, in, the uh, in sports world. And the two, that, two of them that we're going to be speaking about are not quite as, uh, scandalous from a personal level it's more more tasked to do with the uh with the integrity of the said sports um but before we get to that one we might as well talk about the other one that has to do a little bit more of the social side of of humanity if we if you will uh so james um you know i, I asked you guys to pick a scandal to talk about and what what scandal did you uh did you want to talk about so let's turn back the clock a couple of years here we're gonna go back to 2016 the year that Trader and I graduated from college. And Colin Kaepernick, we're going to talk about this and kneeling, but just a little, some backstory here. Colin Kaepernick is a, was a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, quite successful at being a dual threat quarterback, uh, ran Jim Harbaugh's offense really, really well before Jim Harbaugh got fired, brought his team to the Super Bowl, lost in the Super Bowl, successful quarterback, good at what he does. He was regarded as the second best dual threat quarterback after Cam Newton. So this is 2016. He's been in the league for four years at this point, give or take. And he decides that he wants to start kneeling during the national anthem. And this is because he wants to speak out of the racial injustices that are occurring, um, unfair treatment of African-Americans or people of color uh, with police brutality. He wanted to speak out against that. And he found kneeling as a peaceful way to bring more attention to his cause. Um, it's kind of ironic because four years later, George Floyd happened the same thing that he was standing up for happened. And it's, I don't know if it's causation and correlation, but people disregarded Colin Kaepernick and what he was standing for, or kneeling for, I should say. He didn't really play all that much in 2016 because he got hurt. Um, come 2017, Trump, who was the president at the time, was really getting into it. And it was like, people who do not stand for 
this uh, for the flag should not have jobs. They shouldn't be employed by the NFL. And so that's when they got really gnarly. Uh, the coaches, the players, um, GMs, the owners got a little scared. Um, so Colin Kaepernick has now accused the NFL and the owners of colluding to not giving him a job because since 2017, he has not been employed by an NFL team. And to be honest, this is, he is a good athlete. He's a good quarterback. He's shown it time and time again. His skills have not faded per se. So the fact that he doesn't have a job is perplexing to me, but yet you have guys like Geno Smith, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles was the Rams back of a quarterback. You can't tell me that Blake Bortles is better than Colin Kaepernick. I mean, disregard system, but the fact of the matter is Colin Kaepernick's a better quarterback. Um, he's still out of the job and he's filed a, a lawsuit against NFL, which has recently settled, um, but he's still doing what he does. And he's still speaking out for this racial injustice that's occurring. And it's not getting the treatment that he wants because people aren't listening as much because of all this that has happened to him and the NFL and the defamation. Yeah. What, what, what's interesting about this one, probably the most, and we actually had this discussion off the air before we you know, talked about it is, you know, you asked me, what's the definition of a scandal and by, by the, you know, I guess technical definition, I, you know, why would this be lumped in as a scandal? And I mean, and I, and you know, you asked that. So James, why do you think that this is even considered a scandal? Is it just the, you know, the reaction or what? Yeah, definitely the reaction. I mean, Colin Kaepernick went into this with the mindset of just bringing attention to the cause that he was he cared about. And by kneeling while the national anthem was happening, that was his way of peacefully doing so. Did he do anything wrong? Legally, no. It's just people decided to freak out over it. And he has every right to do so because that's what the flag stands for. Like you have, you, you have certain rights and he, for some reason, all of his rights went out the window because he decided to kneel. Um, people's reactions to it is what makes this a scandal because now the repercussions of it are he doesn't have a job. And sure, he made millions during his time as an active quarterback, but his brand, he all these things happened to him because of the way people reacted to something that he stood firmly about. He was passionate about one thing, and that was literally to bring more thoughts to racial injustice more talking points. It wasn't to um, assault the police. It wasn't to go against the police or any, anything like that. It was more so bringing attention to stuff that's happening. We didn't pay that much attention to it, obviously, because look at what's happening now. It's gotten a little bit worse, if not, like it's say the same, we're gotten worse. It hasn't gotten better. And so we should really start paying attention to stuff that people are saying, just because other people are, are like calling it and saying that it's not worth it. Do some critical thinking, do some research and make your own decisions. Don't let other people sway your mind for you. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And I think that um, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I think it's unfortunate that we even have to consider it a, a scandal because it really shouldn't be. I mean, it, it really shouldn't be considered a scandal because it's, it, you know, it, 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 it's only the reaction of, of how the NHL, you know, treated Colin Kaepernick after that, that really made it a scandal, um, you know, according to the, the definition um i guess most recently he he did try to he did try to become an xfl quarterback you know find find another job and i just think that his his asking price is a little bit high um nfl quarterbacks get paid like two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year which is like insane <laughs> it's like not the same oh, yeah. as here. 
Um, and he was asking for, you know, way north of that at a few zeros um, or at a couple zeros, but you know, he's, he, I think you're right, James, he, he is, he is a talent and he should, and he, he's better than, you know, a lot of the, at least backup quarterbacks in this, in this league. Um, so it is a shame that, um, you know, they can't figure that out, but um, unfortunately it, it will forever be a scandal. Um, but, you know, I, I appreciate that he's going to continue doing his activism. And, um, and I think that it, you know, we're all, we'd all be better people if we just open up our ears a little bit. Um, and I, you know, if, if he has to fall on the sword for that, I think that he's you know, deep down, I think he's okay with it because he, I think that he would, um, you know, I, I think he'd pay for, I, I think he'd much rather give up his career if it meant people talking about things. Maybe I'm wrong, but he, he seems to be okay with that, at least for now. Um, but moving on to scandals that are a little more you know, directed towards the sports. Um, Tyler, I know that I brought this thing up to you a week ago and you were pretty hot off the press to talk about it. Um, we haven't really talked about, I mean, we talk about it a lot, but we haven't really talked about it in depth, so to speak. So maybe you can give it, shed some light on what scandal you want to talk about. Yes. I want to talk about, you know, probably the most recent one and the one that I think is hit me the most in my lifetime, which would be the Houston Astros science stealing um, scandal. Um, so, I mean, just a kind of a cliff note version. Um, obviously the Houston Astros were, you know, caught stealing signs after an MLB investigation, uh, and the investigate, the findings came out in January, 2020. Um, but it, the stealing went on or the, um, sign, the sign stealing went on in, uh, 2017 and 2018, of course, in 2017, the Houston Astros won the world series. Um, they found that they used, uh, technology, uh, that was illegal to steal signs during the game. So essentially what they did is they set a camera um, up in from, from center field looking into home plate. So the camera was directly targeted on the opposing team's catcher. And they had a live feed um, in the clubhouse. They had an employee there that would be looking at that camera live during the game and use a signal, whether it's banging trash cans or what, what have you, that would be relayed to the batter in live time to give the, the batter um, basically whether or not it was going to be a fastball or if it was going to be an off-speed pitch. Um, for those that aren't really familiar with baseball, why is that a big deal? That's probably the biggest advantage you can have in the sport of baseball is knowing whether a pitch is going to be a fastball or an off-speed pitch. The reason why hitting a baseball is so difficult is because you don't know whether you're getting a 95-mile-an-hour fastball or a 72-mile-an-hour curveball or something in between that. Um, whether, whether it's going to have movement, whether it's going to, whether it's going to be straight, you know, it's keep the whole point of pitching. A good pitcher is going to keep hitters off balance, going to keep batters guessing because you simply don't have enough time to react to a certain pitch. For example, if you're a lot, a lot of times, you know, they talk about, you know, batters guessing, which batters do that a lot. Sometimes they'll guess. Like I think on this pitch, he's, he's, he's going to throw me a slider. And if he throws me a fastball, well, then I'm fucked. You know what I mean? Cause you just don't simply have enough time to think you're you're going to hit a slider and then 97 comes in at you you just you're not going to hit it you're just not um but if you know what's going to happen like if, if you know a fastball is coming you're ready to time up that fastball because believe me they they do the scouting you know they know how how much that how what the speed's going to be you know if, if it's a breaking ball they know generally what direction that that, that ball is going to break so knowing what pitch is coming is a huge advantage obviously the, the houston astros 
at the time were, were up a coming uh, team and they were having been making the postseason. And um, in 2017, of course, they had won the World Series over my Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, so for me personally, obviously, you know, having this go down. And at the time in 2017, I had never seen the, the, the Dodgers win a World Series. That particular season, the Dodgers were also having an incredible season. Um, it just felt like you sometimes you feel like as a fan when your team wins a championship during the season, you just feel like this is the year, right? It, you, everything just seems to be going right. There's a feeling of we have it. I had that feeling with the Dodgers all the way up until the World Series. Um, and I remember thinking during the World Series, especially when we were playing in Houston, where the, where the sign ceiling was going on, that it, something felt off to me. Of course, I didn't really know what that was at the time because I had no idea that any kind of sign ceiling was happening at the time. But something just didn't feel right. It felt like the Houston Astros had some sort of advantage offensively that we just did not understand. I didn't know what that was. I just broke it down to their scouts and their coaches prepared the they they over prepared and or or they out prepared us in the in the scouting role. That's what it felt like. It felt like they it felt like they knew what pitch was coming. And sometimes if you have really good scouting, that can happen. And so I just kind of left it up to that. Um, but then of course hearing this news and hearing that that's that wasn't the case you know, obviously was pretty painful. And to this day, like, I still feel like the Astros stole that world series from the Dodgers that, you know, that world series went, went, went seven games. And even if the sign stealing stole them one game, that was enough to, to win, win, win the world series. Um, especially in that game five, you know, uh, where that game was back and forth. And there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stats too about that game that is just really not normal. Um, Clayton Kershaw, for example, he started that game, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, um, got zero swings and misses of pitches outside the zone, which basically means that if they knew a slider was coming and his, if Clayton Kershaw's slider is on, it'll start the bottom of the zone and tail out of the zone. So if you don't swing at it, it's a ball, but typically it's so good that a pitcher, a batter is going to swing at it because it looks like a strike and then they swing and it misses the bat. But if you know the slider's coming, it's down the zone, you ain't going to swing at it. That happened more – that he got zero um, swings and misses that game on um, off-speed pitches. Zero. Wayne Kershaw. Crazy. So, I mean, could it be a coincidence? Maybe. I highly doubt it. Um, so, I feel like particularly that game was the one for me that I still look back on and being like, that sign ceiling definitely took that away. Of course – you know, um, everything that, that, that's happened afterwards, you know, the, you know, firings and all that stuff, the players didn't get punished at all. The world series still belongs to them. Um, there's a lot of controversy with that in terms of the punishment that was laid out and the way that MLB went about it. You know, MLB as usual, they wait till shit hits the fan until they to, to decide to do something about it. Uh, players have been, compl were complaining about the Astros ceiling signs for years before this happened years and MLB did nothing until Finally, there was a report and it was got leaked out and there was a whistleblower and finally they decided to do something about it. So, you know, for me personally, like it, it, it's a pretty uh, hot topic for me. Um, you know, it's in the past. And there's nothing I can do about it, but definitely when people mention the Houston Astros or if they mentioned the, the, the 2017 World Series, I definitely get a little uh, upset about it. Um, it's very interesting. It's pretty incredible that they were able to pull it off. Um, a lot of, there's, you know, careers were ruined by this um reputations were ruined by this 
it was a lot more than just stealing signs and winning World Series. And I felt like the players really got off really easy. And I think that's kind of what still irks people. Question for you real fast. Yeah. So short of taking away the World Series title, what other punishments should have happened to make this okay in your eyes? Uh, I feel like any kind of bonuses that the World Series brought in for the players, for the franchise should have been forfeited in some way. Um, you know, obviously they were fined $5 million, which for, for a, a major league organization is nothing, you know, but you know, when, when you were the, when, when you win the world series, players get bonuses, coaches get bonuses. Like you get a lot of money for winning the world series. So that money I believe should be taken back and given back to a charity, given back to a foundation or something of the like. Um, but that never happened. Um, so I think for me, that would have helped justify a little bit. Obviously they've cracked down on the science, science ceiling stuff. So I think that helps a little bit. Hopefully that this won't happen again. Um, I think MLB has done a good job, at least of doing that. To my knowledge, they've done a good job at cracking down on that and making sure um, that's been, that issue has been solved. Um, I don't, you know, like I said, I'm not really, I don't really care about redemptions or, you know, guys getting plunked or all, any of that bullshit um, anymore. Like I think when it first came out, that's what, that's what I wanted to happen. But it's, you know, at this point, we're almost two years past that, you know, initial report you know, um, that kind of initial frustration isn't really there anymore. I would love for the Dodgers to face the Astros in the World Series this year and not beat the shit out of them. I think that would probably be the final nail in the coffin for me. Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing, the, the biggest thing for me about this one the, that makes it so scandalous is, is the discipline. You know, we, we disciplined, and this is actually going to be a perfect pivot to, to Alex's. They, they did not discipline the players that were clearly part of the that were clearly part of the, of the act. Um, and I think that that is in and of itself is, is the biggest part of the scandal. The MLB just dropped the ball, which leads me to Alex, which some could argue was the exact opposite. <laughs> Am I right? At least with the second one. Yeah. So mine, uh, yeah, mine are two same people involved, not a whole bunch happened to them either. So, this is the, the gates, as I'm going to call them. Uh, Spygate and Deflategate, both involving Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots. Uh, so we'll start with Spygate. So 2007, uh, the Patriots were caught filming the New York Jets' uh, defensive signals. And reading an article about it, Bill Belichick claimed what he thought was doing was okay which I'm assuming is when they asked him, he was just like, oh, I didn't know. But in like Bill Belichick ways. Um, and, you know, knowing a team's defensive signals is really fucking helpful for if you have an all-time great quarterback like Tom Brady uh, to know what the defense is planning to do for like against you. Um, all that happened was Bel Belichick was fined 500K. The team was fined 250K, which is, nothing and then they lost their first round draft draft pick in the upcoming following draft i guess in 2008 then seven years later in the 2014 afc championship game uh tom brady was accused of ordering the balls to be deflated uh making them easier to grip and throw i believe that game was really really cold if i'm remembering correctly um he was got he got caught um, it was, you know, another huge, huge scandal in the NFL world. Uh, he got a four-game suspension for the beginning of the 2016 season. You know what happened? Doesn't matter. 
They went on, won the Super Bowl, and he won MVP. Nothing happened to them. Tom Brady is still playing at age 55, just won another Super Bowl. Apparently, his knee meniscus or whatever was torn all year. They never uh, told the NFL about it. So Tom Brady's just lying again. And now, and we, you know, he's still playing and people still treat him like the best quarterback ever. They've been known to cheat twice and pretty much nothing happened to them. He missed four games and they won the Super Bowl anyway. The other one, literally almost nothing happened and they just keep being successful. Tom Brady's still around. Bill Belichick's still around. And, I mean, obviously it was longer ago than the Houston Astros thing, but, like, nobody talks about this anymore. Nobody brings up that, you know, this one of the most decorated, you know, uh, NFL players of all time has these two pretty gnarly black marks on his record, and just nobody seems to give a shit anymore. So those are, that was a scandal I wanted to talk about. Um, I just, like, it's – I'm disappointed in with both of these, with the Astros and the Patriots thing. I don't, I would assume what happened is they need, don't like the players association and the owners, like they have to agree on some sort of punishment. Um, and I guess they just, they got, you know, the best that they could get. And if you're the NFL, you, probably don't really care that much because you're one of your most marketable players. You don't want them to like have bad lights shed against them. I mean, Tom Brady's probably the face of still the face of the NFL. Like, you don't want these things. If you're the NFL who are now like they're kind of losing viewers. Um, you know, you don't want to see these things against the face of the face of the sport, but. I just think it's bullshit. He should have been penalized way more. They should have, like, the team should have been penalized way more. Those are two, like, pretty egregious, egregious cheating scandals that they just pretty much got away with. Um, and no one seems to talk about them anymore. But Tom Brady, I guess, he can just do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, I mean, th- th- those are pretty, I mean, those are pretty well known ones, even though we don't talk about them anymore. Um, James, did you have any, like, do you have any thoughts on and you're a football guy i mean um, yeah yeah i didn't have uh, thoughts on it so i i agree that the punishment wasn't as stringent as it should be for both of those but i think one of the main reasons why we as a whole like a community of sports fans kind of forget about this and don't really talk about it all that much is that these were the two times he got caught and even let's say he was clean for the other six Super Bowls he had. Yeah, other six. Then he still won six of them without any help of any sort. He still won six of them being just Tom Brady and being a damn good quarterback. And so if one of those was because of a scandal, okay, that's 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 right. It's a scandal. But he still has six more rings on top of that. So you can't really blame the scandal for giving him that one ring. We can blame the scandal for is taking away one ring from some other team, but not really blaming Tom Brady for having to use that scandal to be successful because he was still successful without having any sort of help whatsoever. So I think that's part of the reason why it's not really talked about all that much anymore. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a, that's a fair point too. Um, look, I mean, the, the sports ruled, as you guys know, riddled with 
with scandals and we could do another segment if we wanted maybe a volume two down the in a, in a few weeks and we'll throw in some other ones i know there's some other baseball ones uh, james i'm sure there's some other football ones that are out there um i just can't think of them on the top of my head there's also some in other like random especially in the olympics i mean um, oh like shari richardson for yeah. not being able to run for us for smoking weed but some guy was like a domestic abuse is still doing stuff for israel or something that's crazy yeah. that's, that's crazy weed, wild better run that's crazy. Um, that that's, that's totally true. Um, so it is very interesting. I do want to thank, uh, I want to thank you guys, but I really want to thank James for throwing in the, the, the cap one, just, it's, it's just very, um, you know, relevant right now. And it's still kind of continuing to be relevant. Um, and, um, uh, you know, in, in some other, in some shape or form, um, and it's kind of like, you know, it's something that, you know, we need to talk about and, and it's, it, and it's, and it's just sad that it had to be talked about in a scandal, you know, uh, segment because, you know, James, I'm, you, you, you picked one, I'm glad you picked it, but it's really shouldn't have been a scandal in the first place, but the other two <laughs> were scandals boys. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, look guys, I'm trying to find more stuff to talk about. I thought, uh, you know, this was fun and I want to find other things to talk about. So um, viewers, listeners, if you guys have any ideas, shoot them our way. I'd be glad to, to, you know, take them and, and run with them, so to speak. Thank you, Trey. That was actually a really good one. I enjoyed that a lot. Got us thinking critically. So that's cool. We're going to take another quick break, but when we return, Eric has his interview talking about the angels with his friends, Brad Brandenburg and Mo Kreitenberg. A lot of, wow. yeah. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy that interview and yeah. Everybody, we got a special segment this week because uh, I'm not going to be fucking on the podcast this week. But this is our first ever two-on-one interview. Um, history in the making, guys. Uh, we got two diehard Angels fans, supporters, uh, very knowledgeable individuals, you could say. Um, we got Mo Kreitenberg and Bradley Brandenburg. Um Mo, let's start. Let's start with you. Just uh, how you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I got this fucking stupid basketball game on in the background, and I, you know, I'm not even gonna fucking pay attention to it because fuck both teams. But um, Brad, how you doing, man? I see you're uh, on the way in the car to a lax game, apparently. Yeah, about to hop in cage. Trying to make some saves here. Still soaking from this Halo's loss earlier. Yeah. Some drop knee bottom left saves. Um, we'll tune into the NBA game when there's like two minutes left. In the yeah, exactly. That's when it's the only time it's important because it takes 20 more minutes to watch anyways after that. Um, let's. I kind of want to get a Mo. Just give me your background. Like, um, you've been an Angels fan since you came out the womb. Uh, like, when did you start watching them? Um, and what intrigues you about them? Yeah, I mean, growing up down here in Long Beach, Seal Beach, Los Al area, it's uh, they're the hometown squad. I've been a, a ball player my whole life. And, um, you know, as long as I can remember, I've, I've been going to Halo games and even back in the Disney days when the Yankees were dominating the postseason. Um, 
you know, obviously some big memories that stand out 2002. I was at the Adam Kennedy game in the ALCS and then uh, three of the World Series games that were at Angel Stadium. Were you at the game, uh, fucking Erstad? That's his name, right? Caught the fucking ball to solidify yeah, so, uh, it. Erstad says he's got it. Was that the first time you uh, you came? Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was uh, you know, um, you know, it was, uh, it was getting my man card. It was what I, what I wanted to be a man, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Brandenburg, uh, you probably, I would assume, been, I mean, I've known you as well for a long time. You, I, you've been a fucking Angels fan forever, too. What got yeah, you into pretty, it? Pretty similar story. Uh, real young. My uncle Dan Weber, shout out. Uh, <laughs> huge, huge Angels guy. So I didn't really have much of a choice. It's kind of funny. It's actually some of the first memories. I didn't really know Mo until middle school. And we, you know, played ball against each other a couple of times, realized we're both Halo fans. And then, you know, see each other on the middle school campus. Like, hey, you see the game last night, et cetera. And then that was actually when they won the World Series. Kind of part of the reasons we're friends. We're still friends yeah. today. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, – I'll definitely, like, remember where I was during the World Series. Like, I was at some, like, Halloween party for, uh, like, Pop Warner football. I think we were in, like, second grade or something. And, like – Remember, like, back in the day, like, they had those old, like, TV. They looked like Game Boy fucking these weird battery giant-looking things. But someone was able to, like, kind of, like, stream the game almost. I don't even know what you would call it back then. But, like, they had the game on this, like, small TV with these giant antennas, and we were all gathered around watching it. It was sick. Um, it was really good old days. I remember that. What? You remember that, too? The good old days, yeah, with the yeah. portable TV. Yeah, exactly. Um fucking kids these days dude uh so let's I kind of want to just get in like the current season um I mean obviously it's similar Angels fashion currently uh I think they're below 500 but they're like always they're battling that staying at 500 going up and down um and you know fucking first thing I want to go over like Trout goes down when he does I think they were kind of slumping already. Um, he's been out for two months, grade two calf strain. Uh, there was a report today. He ran the bases out in Oakland during practice with the team, and that's the first time he's done it since his injury. So I guess you could say it's something positive. Um, and Trout said it was an abbreviated workout, but nonetheless something to move forward on. Uh, Mo, what are your hopes like with Trout currently? You know, um, I've been saying since he went down, if we can if we can hang around 500 until he gets back, we're going to have a chance to contend. Um, you know, everyone suffers from injuries. It's a long season, dog days of summer. Um, we've had to yeah. play guys out of position and make some moves to to stay in contention. But uh, I think you know you can point to a lot of good things over the last two months. And hopefully, yeah. when he gets back, we'll have a chance to to keep some of those guys who have helped us stay in contention, keep them hot. And, you know, hopefully we'll start playing some better ball in the division. Yeah, I think – um, come back soon enough, right? Yeah, that, that's a good point, though. I think it's, like, it's been a good test um, so far. Like, um, Berg, what's your take on, on that situation? 
Well, it's been unfortunate. I was really excited that even if the pitching stinks like usual, we'd be able to rake this year. <laughs> and I think we've had a you know, total of like eight games with our full complimentary lineups, you know, including Upton, Rendon, Walsh, Otani, and Trout. So it's hard to really get too upset about the way things have gone when you, know, you really haven't even get out, got to see a chance of how it could be going. But um, yeah. I don't know. There's been a lot of positive things that you 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 uh, you can forget about. You've seen Suarez and Sandoval step up when they've previously been rushed to the majors in the last couple of years. Find their own now. Look like guys that could be number twos and threes behind Otani moving forward. So hopefully see sustained success from them. And if those two and Otani keep pitching well, I mean, our starting pitching is actually good lately. Who knows? Maybe they make a run this year. But nonetheless, it looks good for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, both you guys are right. Like they're just like hanging on right now. And then other guys are kind of stepping up. Um, yeah. Rendon's another dude that, you know, hopefully he kind of picks it up. I've been to three angels games this year and two of them Rendon got hurt at both of them. So maybe I shouldn't go to games anymore. Um, but uh, you, bro. yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm one and one and two record wise also. So um but yeah, I mean, that leads me into the next uh, situation, Otani. We already know, like, he's taking on Trout's role. He's literally carrying the team on his back. Fucking last night, pitched phenomenally. Uh, eight strikeouts on uh, a dangerous Oakland A's team. Um, he gets taken out, and of course, fucking the other pitching trashes the game away. But, uh, you know, what? how can Otani keep this shit going? Uh, Berg, I'm going to start with you. How can Otani just, like, stay alive and and will when trout comes back is that going to take some pressure off of him and i don't know it's crazy baseball thing when someone pitches so well and then the team can't score runs like the degrom effect where they come in and give up a bunch of runs the team can't score i saw some crazy stat today that otani's played left field or right field for seven innings and angels have given up like 18 earned runs in those times right after he came out of the game just like you can't even make up how bad the numbers are. I think last night was the first time I've ever seen Otani, you know, look legitimately frustrated. You, you could see it on his face. Like, wow, guys, are yeah. you kidding me? I just pitched a gem. Can we at least get me my my other bat before we blow this? So um, yeah, he was heated. If you asked me this yesterday, I would have said I, I've never seen Otani get phased. I don't know, but he actually looked bad yesterday. So maybe we <laughs> need to come out and rake his next start and <laughs> get yeah. it back on track. Yeah, Mo, what's your take on Otani so far? Like, obviously, it's sick, just, like, all the records and shit he's breaking. He's breaking not only records, but Babe Ruth records. Ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, no, it's – I mean, he's been awesome to watch all season. Um, you hear MVP chants when you go to the ballpark, and um, I personally think it's a little early for that. I also think it's a little, you know, Mike Trout's been our MVP for the last who knows how many years. Um I'm not as quick to, to call Otani the MVP. I think if we can manage our expectations and he keeps performing like he is, you know, everybody's going to be really happy. Um, his last two starts, he's obviously looked like a, a certified big league ace. He looked great at the all-star game. You know, I don't think there's ever been more pressure on a guy to perform uh, at the all-star game. And I think that he, he put on as good a show as you could have possibly have asked for. Um, you know, if Shohei, if Shohei, if Shohei is able to do 
anything on the mound in addition to what he's been able to do at the plate, um, it gives us an unbelievable shot. And it's unbelievable to have a guy like that on the roster. And, um, you know, it was one of the situations where like most of these young guys that come up, they get, they, they kind of get drafted and placed with an organization. And that's, that's where they land. Shohei wanted to be on the angels and and he's a halo and he's earning it this year. Yeah. Um, he, like I said earlier, is just, he's literally carried us, but it's great too, because you see how important he is. And then like covering your, your point, like obviously his hitting, um, you know, was leading the league in home runs. I don't know if he still is, but you know, he's going to be in that race. I think as of this moment. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Big fan right here. I know that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, but pitching, I saw a stat last night during that game, Highest whiff percentage on single pitch type this season. Uh, the number one dude is Jacob DeGrom with the slider. Number two, Tyler Glass now with his curveball. Number three, Shohei Otani with a splitter. Um, and number four, Patrick Sandoval with a changeup. So it's kind of sick to see two of the Angels pitchers. Like, actually, they're in, you know, on, on a list with DeGrom and Glass now. You got you to gotta appreciate, like, all right, pitching-wise – hopefully they turn it around i mean they're fucking draft they draft what 20 literally 20 pitchers out of 20 picks so we already know what they need to work on um but uh i want to get in now to, to fletcher dude um fletcher got paid at the beginning of this season much deserved he's a cypress native i believe um and uh he just tied second most hit streak in angels history um Mo, what do you like about him so far? And I think he kind of could be a guy um, that can stay long with the Angels, become kind of a vet for them moving forward. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I love seeing a local guy have success in the big leagues, uh, even more so when he's having success as a halo. Um, as someone who played infield, Berg and I played infield together uh, in high school, Um as someone who played infield, you know, it's great to watch good defense and, you know, he's such a tough out. Uh, I think he got, he got a little shafted with the all-star game this year. I think he definitely deserved to be there. I thought he actually deserved to be there back in 2019. Uh, and I was trying to campaign for him back then. Um, I think he will be an all-star and I think he's uh, hopefully he's an angel for a long time. Uh, he talked about that deal and um, you know, it's it, he's a fun guy to watch hit, especially for a guy that doesn't hit for a lot of power. Uh, he's someone you, you can't take your eyes off when he's hitting. Yeah, I think he's kind of like a spark plug for him. Uh, Berg, what's your take on Fletcher? I can't remember ever in my life seeing someone that was as hot for as extended of a period as he just was. I mean, he hit a double today to lead off the game. I think he had another hit as well. So he still is hot. I saw some crazy stat over that 26 or 27 game hit streak, whatever it was when um, Ted Williams had his streak, his, 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 his hit streak, you know, like the forties or fifties, he uh, Fletcher had like 11 hits over the first 28 games in that same time span, just to show you of how hot he was during that hit streak, not just, you know, randomly getting one hit per game. I mean, he was bunching up two or three hits a game. I think he rose his batting average from like 255 to 320 over a stretch of 20-something games. He's now fifth in the league in hits I saw today. So I, I can't remember for an extended period of time someone just getting two or three hits. <laughs> it felt like every single game. 
and mixed in there, we had, you know, a stretch where we won eight or nine out of 11 with, you know, no, no Walsh, I mean, uh, no uh, Upton, Trout, or Rendon. So it was a really huge factor for us staying you know, in contention right now. Yeah. That Fletcher's so hot right now, Zool- uh, that, as they would say, <laughs> Zoolander. Um, yeah, dude, he's – He's just a spark plug for him. Uh, he's one of those guys like Mo described, like he just he just stepped up the last few years, especially this year. Like when guys go down, he's he's relied upon. So it just shows like he's going to be a vet with this team moving forward. He's going to be good. He is good already. And like that's something promising for them. The hitting, you know, they're getting the hitting going. Um, speaking of the last player we're going to talk about, uh, mainly uh, hitting fucking Walsh, dude, hitting dingers. Uh, Yeah, made his first all-star appearance. Um, Had a nice, meaty, sliding left field catch to preserve that AL lead to late in the game. Um, Mo, what do you like about Walsh? What do you see in his future? I'm I'm a huge Jared Walsh fan. He's the guy we needed to step up, and he stepped up exactly when we needed needed him to. Um, You know, if you look back on Jared Walsh, his his background is so like you'd think he was a higher draft pick he was like an all sec guy um and he actually went pretty late in his draft and people thought he might be a pitcher he might be a hitter and um, he ended up being this late draft pick that forced us to get out get rid of albert pujols um he's just a guy we needed in the lineup um and you know Go follow Jared Walsh Rakes on, on Instagram and Twitter because uh, Jared Walsh Rakes, uh, he gets clutch hits. He hits for extra bases. And, um, you know, guys seem to like him. He's, he's another fun guy to watch. His offense is exciting. And, you know, if the pitching can, can keep it going, guys like Jared Walsh are going to help us get where we want to be. Yeah. Another dude that stepped up for sure, um, keeping us afloat. And, uh, is that Frank Jr. or what? <laughs> or, Re- Frank. or Frank Sr. Frank Sr. Um, hell yeah. Um, you know, Walsh uh, in hockey, they, they call it blue line clappers, but uh, hard Tom opened my eyes to uh, Walsh is a, is a midfield gapper guy. I like that. He rakes gaps. So, uh, Berg, um, anything else you, you got to say about Walsh? I love Walsh. Um, it's one of the things you can kind of hang your hat on with the Angels this year, no matter what happens. You know, last year was a streak of about 30 or 40 games, and you're super pumped, but can he, you know, can he sustain it? Is it a result of hitting behind Rendon and Trout and Otani, and you're seeing fantastic pitches? And, you know, for a stretch of about 50 games this year, he's hit without Trout, without Rendon. And he's still raking, and he's a certified all-star. I don't think it was, anyone was saying it was he's a, a fringe all-star. He was a guy. He was there. And, um, I mean, me and Mo Love, we have, we have a little Twitter page called Jared Walsh Rakes where we just post all the clips of him raking. Solid. <laughs> Huge Jared Walsh guys. As high as on Jared Walsh as I could possibly That's be. funny. I actually had no idea about that. When you said Jared Walsh Rakes, I thought that was literally his, like, Twitter handle. But that's sick that you guys <laughs> made that for him. Uh, it should be. I'll, I'll give it to him if he wants it. <laughs> we should put it on the map. Yeah. Uh, what is it? On Instagram, too? Jared Walsh Rakes? Jared Walsh Rakes. The Twitter's better. Sure. The Twitter, I just retweet all the posts of him hitting home runs. The Instagram's more just to comment, comment and chirp people. 
He was just such yeah. a gamer too. The way he showed up in Denver when yeah. Hale needed it most, out of position. Exactly. Yeah. How many clutch hits did he have this year? The walk off home run against the White Sox, the hit against the Yanks, yeah. uh, the grand slam off Chapman. Who did he had a walk off yeah. the other day? I forget who we were playing at home. Um, yeah, Fourth right of July. Yeah, Fourth of July he game. Hit exactly. a, a gapper. Yeah, um, he's had so many questions about that. He's been great. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of going to get in the last uh, question. Starting it with um, the pitching situation, how can uh, how can they figure out this pitching situation? And what is it going to take to make the playoffs this year, Mo? What do you think, uh, pitching-wise, and how are they going to squeeze into a playoff spot? You know, um, I think, you know, we headed into another season – with low expectations for our pitching staff. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the first, it's the first full season with Joe Madden. I think everybody knows that last year didn't really count. Um, Dodgers fans didn't count. Right. Right. Asterisk. We've, uh, <laughs> we've, uh, I think, I think this year our, our pitching has outperformed expectations. I do think Madden, you know, goes to the bullpen faster than he should a lot of times uh, when some of our starters may still have, some gas in the tank um, and haven't gotten into that much of a jam yet. But, uh, you know, I think our pitching with the expectations that we had coming in has performed pretty well. Uh, I think, you know, if we get Trout's energy and, and production back in the lineup, that if our pitching, you know, keeps doing what they're doing, if guys like Bill and Bundy and uh, Jose Quintana can get their confidence back and, um, maybe start hitting their spots better. I think that, that we, we do have a chance to make a real push, at least for one of the wild card spots. Um, yeah, Berg, Berg may have more uh, pitching yeah. ideas than me. No, I mean, that they have like they have some good signs pitching-wise. They just need to get a little more consistent. And then I agree with you with the Trout. Berg, what's your last take before you got to take My off? My last take, um, I think moving forward – it's exciting with Suarez and Sandoval. We got Detmers in the minors. We sent Rodriguez back down. Um, and like Mo said, with Joe Madden, loves to go to the bullpen early. I know we're not talking about offseason, but I think in the offseason, we should go spend to fortify the pen. So you got three or four guys who can kind of lock stuff down and we can rely on our young starters. But um, for this season, it's just – you just got to get better. There's, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. else to put it. It's been so get bad. Get guys out. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah they they got to they got to just improve on everything. I mean, there's a lot of positivity, positive things coming out of all this, but uh yeah, they got to they got to find a way to to lock it all in. Uh peace out Berg. Everyone Berg had to go play his lax game in Miracosta just now. Um but yeah, I mean, a lot of promising things, but it would be nice to see them squeezing a the playoff spot. They still got time. Um but yeah, I mean, definitely time. And we're lucky to have, you know, we're still, we're still right around 500. We're, we're, we got a record comparable to the Yankees, comparable to, to the Braves before they lost to Cunha. Um, you know, it's, we're not having a bad year by any stretch of the imagination. We're in a tough division. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if we can hang around, we just got to yeah. get hot at the right time. Exactly. We, we got Trout coming back at some point. We don't know when that's going to be, but at the same time, no rush. I, I feel like we're going to get him at the perfect timing. Otani's going to keep doing his thing. Fletcher and Walsh will keep doing their thing. We need Rendon to kind of step it up a little bit, which he's he's shown that he can, and hopefully he will. And we just need our pitching to kind of, kind of get rolling. We got the guys that can do it. 
they just need to kind of gain confidence. I like your your little take, hit the spots. In other words, be fucking consistent. Um, but yeah. Too many walks. Too many walks. Yeah, exactly. Fucking strikeouts. Let's go. Just like Otani yesterday. He was throwing some mean fucking pitches. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's uh that's the interview for this week, guys. Um, and uh, you know, pretty soon you're gonna start hearing some ad reads about Dimer UV innovations, and that is Mo's company, everybody. So just want to give him a shout out. Um I don't know if you want to spit anything free ad wise here, Mo, but I, we're going to be uh, reading your ads moving forward as well. Cool. Yeah. Uh, TLDR podcast listeners, give us a call. We'll help you out. Exactly. You heard it here first, guys. Uh, thank you, Mo. And thank you, Brad, for coming on talking angels. Now uh, you guys won't always have to hear about the Dodgers. You can hear about the other SoCal bias team, the angels. Thank you very much, listeners, and uh, Thanks, we hope some good feedback. All right, guys, that wraps up episode 57. Hope you guys enjoyed. As always, give us a follow on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Send us your thoughts. Write us a review. We're, uh, we're open for more topics, as two of our guys don't really have sports right now. So more topics, more things to talk about, whatever you guys want us to talk about, we'll talk about it. If you want us to talk more Olympic stuff, I think Alex said he has, he has a foothold in that, so that'd be good. Um, but thank you guys for all your support as always we love you and we're looking for sponsors but other than that have a great week and we'll see you next week